This is Space 101.1 LPFM, Magnuson Park, Seattle. It's the Wallingford Local, that live radio show, broadcast from the farmer's market. Come on, let's go. The last Wednesday of every month, 5 to 6 o'clock, about our favorite neighborhood with stories and music and talk. Welcome. It's the season-ending grand finale of the Wallingford Local, live from the Wallingford Farmer's Market at Meridian Park on a very rainy day in Seattle. Usually, September 27th, in my memory, it's about 72 degrees, breezy, maybe a few clouds. Today, it's uh, 59.1 degrees, which I think is 20 degrees colder than the last time we gathered for this show. Today is the last day of the season for the Wallingford Farmer's Market, but you still have a couple hours to get down here. Farmer's Market is open till 7 o'clock. We're on the air till 6. We've got a whole bunch of guests coming up we're going to talk to. I'm Felix Bunnell. I'm the host. We've been doing this the last Friday of the, excuse me, last Wednesday of the month since May of this year. It's been a really fun experiment. It's been so great for all the people we've met, the vendors, the people coming to the farmer's market to buy produce and have dinner. Um, it's been a really cool experiment. Uh, we hope we can do it again next season. Coming up in the show, we're going to be talking to um, Sarah Courtney and Johnny Courtney of the restaurant Atoma. We're going to be turning down the speaker so it doesn't feed back in front of us here in the booth. Uh, we're going to talk to Colleen Kirk of Street Keepers, Street Keepers about a neighborhood cleanup that's coming up here in Wallingford in, uh, in later in October. And then Sarah Martin from Historic Wallingford will be here with a program update. And we have not one, but two vendors of the week of the month that we're going to profile later in the show, including Cafe Lolo and Vashon Garlic. Now, we always start off every show with a chat with our good friend Ben Chandler from the Seattle Farmers Market Association. Ben, are you, is your microphone turned on? Are you ready to join us? How are you feeling here on the last day of the season? Is it bittersweet? Is it, uh, what's, your, what's your mood like today? I feel good. I feel satisfied. It's, it's not warm and sunny like the previous weeks, but there's something that's kind of a cool closing um, with the rain that's happening today. Yeah, because it was such a dry summer, almost too dry in some ways. We um, were so fortunate. So any of the complaints that are happening today are kind of forgetting the three months of perfect weather <laughs> that we had. So taking in context, I think it's great. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a fitting close. And we're not having quite as many people say, why don't you go into November? Yeah. Which <laughs> and gets cold and dark and um, the weather gets much <laughs> iffy if you're... Because are you guys are involved in some year-round markets or not? Yeah, our, our organization runs Ballard, which is a really a robust year-round yeah. market. It's incredible right now, and it continues to be um, through through the whole year. And so our two midweek markets on Wednesdays here at the park and in um, uh, Madrona, which also runs for another month. Oh, they go through October. Um, okay. Kind of close back up into Ballard um, for the okay. rest of the year, and then we'll reopen okay. in May. So, I mean, is it possible, can, do you measure the success of a farmer's market over a given year? What are the factors you're looking at as you look back at Wallingford summer of 2023? Other than this fabulous radio show you've been a part of and become like a, a fixture in people's homes every uh, last Wednesday of the month since May. That What's that like being a radio tops star my now? list. Yeah. And the, thank you very much for having us as part of <laughs> this. This, has been, it's this been a, has been great. I got to acknowledge that. It's been a beautiful thing that you guys have been here every right week. And it's been a fun thing to have um, at the market each month. We, we agree so completely. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and we measure stuff, obviously, statistics um, like attendance, and we watch our um, you know, bottom lines with revenue and gross sales. And so we've been really satisfied um, that this year with those numbers, which are good metrics, oh, good I think, hear. for the overall okay. health of the market. But um, as important and maybe more important to me is the overall feeling down here yeah. you know, that we get um, from our staff and vendors and reaction of customers. And it's been really positive this year. Some of that's the weather. Some of that's the mix of vendors that are here. Take a lot of pride in putting things that are that we're really proud of um, yeah. at the market that 
that to watch that reflect off of customers is really, really validating. And so we felt that again this year um, with lots of good suggestions for improvements for next year, already starting some of those plans uh, underway. So I'm Can excited. Can you give us a preview for any of those? <laughs> or are you just making it up? You're, just you don't more. have any good no, ideas no, no, yet. No, no, just more. Bigger, just better. <laughs> I think there's a, pop, there's a possibility for more growth. Tomatoes. More tomatoes. <laughs> there was a lot of tomatoes this year. I think the possibility for growth, more orchard fruit is something that's on my yeah. list um, okay. as far as specific things. Um, I think we had a ton of berries here this year, so that was a bigger, the bigger like uh, berry representation than we've had in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, to just continued growth. I think this neighborhood in Seattle in general is experiencing a ton of growth, and yeah. so the potential for for helping that growth reach these local farms and producers um, and food processors is really important that we're able to help facilitate that. That's, That's our awesome. Market. I like what you're describing about the criteria too, not just the numbers, but the actual just the quality and the community experience. Because what we've tried to do with the show every month is talk about stuff that was coming up, whether it was the Worst Fest over at St. Benedict's earlier this month, or you know the the Kitty Parade back in the first part of the summer. Because this, to me, this is just as much a fixture in Wallingford now as those events that have been going on for decades. It's really this is. And to, to hear me you say that, I love the criteria you're describing anyway. So, what are you saying? Thanks. To me, that's the key to sustainability, though, because without both of those things, I think things fizzle. So even yeah. if things are, are looking okay, um, from a feeling sense, um, if they're not making money that makes it sustainable for the vendors, then it then it fades away, and the same is true for the other side of that. Now, do you want to name the staff who are here and thank them for what they've done this summer so we can kind of introduce people to those? They're, I know they're not here in the microphone, but who is it? who are the staff here who make this market work every summer or yeah, may it work my, this summer? Uh, our office, like I said, is is um, is full of folks that help support these midweek markets. Marina and myself. Marina, you'll see coming up later. Uh, <laughs> oh, a little later promo you did there. That was nice. That's great. And I've been on site um, each week alongside with uh, Carrie, who comes to help us with checkout and do some yeah. loadout stuff um, each week. And then also we have lots of uh, support at the office with uh, an accountant, Korean Miranda, and okay. Doug Farr, who's their general manager, um, Kelly Kube, Joy Moody. Yeah, it's Corey it's, Brantley, who's heading up our social media stuff. Johnny yeah. Fellin, soup master, chef on the on the payroll. Now I'm glad you mentioned if soup. I'm forgetting anyone. I'm glad you mentioned soup because I was here last week, kind of you know probing about what was going on for the last farmers market of the season. You said, or someone told me, there's this tradition of sort of the volunteer soup or the special soup. And I, obviously, the people tuned in, the thousands of people listening right now, they're not going to come down and demand to have free volunteer soup. But I was told we might be. Is that sort of a I secret staff thing? Is it a secret tradition? Tell me about the tradition. Some of folks have already been over there. Okay. Yeah, Judy Kirkhoff, who is, uh, is still a board member and was the woman who hired me um, all those all those years ago, um, and it su- suggested a soup party that would sort of help vendors get through these last cold market <laughs> things. And her, her vision was to have folks standing around with this ceramic mug full of soup that they could take <laughs> with them on their way out of here. Um, and, uh, and so she would make soup and eventually it grew into three or four or five i think we had five soups today made oh, by wow. our staff and it's a nice kind of homey way to say thanks to our vendors and stand around in a cold market that's cool drinking uh, soup any other traditions like that and there's like i mean, the circus and vaudeville have their sort of weird kind of traditions they don't discuss with the public are there secret things in the farmer's market world that you can tell us about that you can sort of hint at or no okay <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ben Chandler, thank you so much for joining us every month on the show like this. I hope we can do it again next year. I love what you guys do. I love that we get to be a part of it. And just I can't say enough about how grateful we are for working with you this year. So Thanks. thank you very it's much. It's been a pleasure, Felix. Right. Thank you. Ben Chandler with the Seattle Farmers Market Association, a great partner in...
The Wallingford Local here live on Space 101.1 FM and streaming at space101fm.org around the world. Audience, can you hear the speaker okay out there? Okay, good. So it's not feeding back, but it's loud enough because we have such a big crowd gathered here today. Can you hear the rain on the tent? I don't know. It might not be coming through the speaker. So can you guys share that microphone? Is that going to be okay? We can sort of, uh, if we might be able to move it so it's right between the two, you can lean in. All right, our next guests have uh, sit down in the special chairs here we have out in the booth here for the Wallingford Local. We're here, if you have time, we're live on the air right now on Space 101.1 FM, heard throughout North Seattle and parts of Kirkland, I'm told, and streaming everywhere at space101fm.org. This farmer's market is still going on today till 7 p.m. It's the last market of the season. We'd love to see you down here. Come and stop by the booth and say hi. Get a historic Wallingford badge participate in the trivia contest coming up later. But joining us now are Sarah Courtney and Johnny Courtney, who are with a restaurant that's soon to open in Wallingford called Atoma. Correct. That's correct. So uh, congratulations. And when do you guys actually open up? And lean to, when you talk, lean, when you're t taking turns to the mic, you gotta lean right toward it and I'll talk like right into it so you can hear you there. All right, great. Yeah, so Dude. we're looking to open up November 2nd is our plan for our soft opening. And then we'll be opening to the general public on the 9th, is that correct? That's correct, the following week, yeah. yeah. And where is the restaurant located? We are in Wallingford. We're actually just down the street, so a couple blocks away, right on 45th, just up from Stoneway. All right. And um, so, what is Atoma? What's what's it about? What's the menu? What's the theme? What's the uh, what's the what's the you know the secret je ne sais quoi? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be a uh, our plan is to be a fun little casual fine dining spot. Uh, it's a small restaurant. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, it was in the old Tilth location, and we're really excited to kind of take over and build on that legacy that they have there. Um, we're, but we're going to have a fun little 15 item menu. We're going to have mainly a la carte, but we'll have a tasting menu option. And the idea is just to kind of tap into all the awesome local producers and, uh, you know, farmers and ranchers that are in the Washington area and um, really just focus on taking advantage of all that awesome product that we have at our fingertips to uh, provide something that's hopefully fun and unique to the Wallingford area. Now, are you guys from around this area or what, how long have you been in the Seattle area? Yeah, we've been here for about six years now. Okay. Um, John comes from New Mexico, I come from Minnesota. Okay. So, and we've traveled all over the world, um, working in restaurant spaces in Australia, Mexico, here, John's been at Canlis for the last five years. I've heard of it. Executive Sue, yeah, prior to being here. <laughs> I've driven past it many times. Um, <laughs> but we, we love this neighborhood. You know, we live in Fremont. We've lived there for the last six years. And um, so we're just a couple blocks away. And we were super excited to find a restaurant space in our community. How long does it take for something like that to come together in terms of the concept, the idea, the graphics, the real estate, the whole me menu, all that stuff? Is Great that like question? Yeah, a long time. It's um, it's been a 15 year dream of ours, but really two years in the making, I would say. You know, we've we developed the concept a little over a year ago and got really excited about opening, and then we looked for a space for an entire year. We were lucky to find a space as it's, it's really tricky in Seattle to find a, a great restaurant space, especially as new restaurant owners like ourselves. Um, and we found a space in June at the on 45th that we're really, really excited about. So wow. about two years in the making. Wow, yeah, I love 45th. I have high hopes for all of 45th someday to fill out with more restaurant and more retail. There's some closer to the freeway, there's some more dead spots in there or there's taverns that have been there for decades that just have these built-in clientele. But I feel like there's so much potential for 45th. So, um, so Atoma, tell me about the name. 
Sarah? Yes. So Atoma means invisible. And at Atoma, we want to celebrate those invisible aspects of dining. Those things that you often forget about when the food hits the table, the farmers that we're standing in front of right now that work all year round to grow the incredible products that we see here at Washington State, the staff that have dedicated their careers to hospitality. So those invisible nuances of dining were we will celebrate at Atoma. I like that. That's a great. So where, now, where did you find that word? How did you find it? <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. We were on a pretty long road trip, and we were trying to figure out uh, the name for the restaurant, and we were just spitballing things back and forth to each other for a couple days, and uh, we kind of, um, it was just a word that was kind of in our repertoire, and it, it just popped up, and we, we kind of milled it around for a couple days, and it just kind of felt right, so it stuck, you know? Yeah. Did, what is what language is it or what's the I don't it's it's Greek okay, um, Greek. okay. and you know I honestly don't know why I know it but we we <laughs> did and um, it's just kind of one of those things that uh, that stuck the more we talked about it the more we liked it and the more it seemed to fit uh, with our concept so it was a sharpening stone for knives it's a brand for a sharpening stone for knives. Okay. That's, that's also is, true. Yeah, okay. that's also true. Is that, Which is I, think, <laughs> I think that's why I knew it. Yeah. where we found it. Yeah. But yes. Were there, some, were there some runner-ups or other choices that were in the mix? I'm always, I love the way when people name stuff. <laughs> I kind of obsessed about this sort of stuff, so I apologize. But Gosh, indulge we went me. through. What were some of the other ones? Do you remember? I'm just, you know, I love this Gosh. kind of thing. This is... Yeah, we, we, uh, we, we threw around the idea of um, maybe opening... We have some some other names for other things we want to yeah, do. Yeah, don't so, give away yeah, we, stuff that might be used we, in the future. We, kinda, we were kind of thinking about doing a uh, another dive bar close by called Side Hustle because oh, you know it's oh, our yeah, side yeah, hustle, yeah, yeah. so we thought that would be funny. Very nice. Um, and then uh, <laughs> trying to think what else we threw around. We liked a lot of like Northwest names. We looked at like Pacific as we like yeah. single name restaurants too. Yeah, so yeah. We looked at Pacific. We really like the word Augin, which means of the sea, um, which we felt like was very. Um, very much like the Northwest. Yeah. Um, hmm. Trying to think, we threw around a lot of names. I love it. I yeah, love a that lot kind of Google yeah. searches, utilized a lot of AI and chat GPT. <laughs> and, yeah. you, and you admit it. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what's the decor going to be like? Or what's the feel or the vibe? Give us a, give us a, a preview of that. Yeah, totally. So it's an old house. You know, I, I forget what day, day we decided it was built, but it's, it's around a hundred year old house and um, we're really trying to lean into uh, embracing the aesthetic of the house, embracing the aesthetic of the neighborhood. Um, so we're, we're doing a pretty substantial remodel in there and um, we painted the entire interior green uh, walls and ceiling. Um, we've got some really awesome woodwork going in and uh, we think that it's just going to be a really good way to embrace the neighborhood, embrace the uh, building we're in and the aesthetic of the building, while also adding some kind of new touches to it that'll make it our own and make it functional for us. That sounds awesome. I wish you guys great success. Success. Is there a website that people can check out if they want to find out more information? Absolutely, yes. AtomaSeattle.com is Very where you nice. can find us or on Instagram, Atoma.Seattle. Okay. And opening November 2nd. November 2nd, that's okay. correct. And that's Sarah Courtney and Johnny Courtney of Atoma opening in Wallingford on November 2nd. Thanks for joining us here on the Wallingford Local. Hopefully, hopefully you guys come back next summer, be on the show, and when you're here shopping for produce, if you do that kind of thing. So. All right. We Thank always so do every week. Thank right. you so much. Thank you both for being on the show. Nice meeting you both and good luck. And Appreciate I definitely you plan too. to stop by in November. Thank you. Oh, we brought a sneaky little hat for you as well. Oh, I love it. Oh, very nice. Thank you very yeah, much. Absolutely. That's lovely. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Well, this is the Wallingford Local. It's our last show of the season, the big grand finale. It's uh, our September edition of the show. 
We started doing this back at the end of May, and we've been here every last Wednesday of the month all summer long. We've got just about another 45 minutes to go to the show. The farmer's market goes till 7 p.m. Get on down here now. There's all sorts of great produce. You know, autumn is harvest season. There's wonderful places to have dinner. Um, our next guest is going to join us here any moment uh, from, the, uh, from Cafe Lolo. We're going to be talking to one of our vendors of the week of the month. We uh, like to highlight stuff that's going on here at the market and vendors that are selling uh, great stuff to eat or great stuff ingredients for doing your own cooking. Coming up a bit later on, we're going to talk to Colleen Kirk from Street Keepers uh, about a neighborhood cleanup project in October, and Sarah Martin from Historic Wallingford is going to be here. And uh, we're going to try and do our trivia challenge, and we have a surprise musical guest, too. We like to really just pack stuff into the show. <laughs> so we have to keep flipping the pages of the rundown here. And our next guest is walking across the 100 yards or so from the uh, Cafe Lolo booth. Here, have a seat here. This is Alex Halmy from Cafe Lolo. Is the microphone there good height for you? Yeah, you got to kind of lean right in to talk to it. So, Hello. all right. So we're doing a special feature of, uh, we usually have just one vendor of the week of the month, but we're doing two this uh, month because it's a grand finale. And uh, I was able to try your uh, pasta last week. So you're Alex Helmy. What is Cafe Lolo? Tell Cafe us about that. Cafe Lolo started uh, t about two months ago. Um, oh. My <laughs> wife and I, uh, we got married and both quit our jobs and then just went all in. Um, <laughs> on Cafe Lolo, but we offer two pastas every week. We switch up the sets and we mill our own flour. Um, so we get wow. local bluebird grain, Washington grain. Wait, 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 what kind of grain? Uh, it's uh, so bluebird farms okay. um, in the Washington area. They have different wheat. Um, so this is like dry land farm wheat from Eastern Washington where they're not yeah, irrigating. Exactly. It's just a, and so you get the actual like What's yeah, a, we, what we get the whole, like that we get, get like red whole grain wheat. It kind of looks like, uh, it's like an ancient grain kind of, okay. kind of looks like farro. Wow. Um, so we use a mock mill and mill our own Wait, what's flour. a mock mill? The, the, the vocabulary <laughs> is flying by so fast. So, so I have we to stop have and uh, Jill, Jill the mill, as we okay. call her. And then we have uh, Giacomo, our extruder. <laughs> so uh, Jacques and Jill. <laughs> And so wait, is the mill, is it like a piece of industrial equipment? It's, is it uh, it's of... kind of industrial. It's probably, okay. they folks at home can't see, but it's okay. uh, this big. So you're holding it's your like, hands yeah. about 18 uh, inches it's apart about 18 by the inches, microphone? Okay. Yeah. And is it, did you have to buy it from some industrial supplier um, somewhere? Or no, it... you can just get them online just okay. directly through the site. I think okay. they're like 700 dollars or so okay. and so um, do you get the, nice do you get the grain like a 500 pound bag or do you get like a we, container in your we'll backyard we'll get or? like 100 pounds at a time okay um depending on how busy we are and so dumb question a pound of grain means a pound of flour or uh, is there actually yeah. some loss yeah there's no there's loss. not really yeah, okay. i mean you'll it'll powderize the room a little bit but uh <laughs> <laughs> and are you doing this in a like a factory space somewhere uh, we just have a little commissary space okay um yeah so right now we're just doing pop-ups and okay. markets so we're finishing this market today and then we're at queen anne um until the 12th and then okay. we're trying to do like breweries uh, we're at Fremont on a couple of Saturdays coming up. That's great. Uh, we're doing stuff with Figurehead, which is exciting, to replace our Wednesday time slots. No, wait, what's Figurehead? Uh, the brewery right over there. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. okay. So, wait, you quit your jobs. What were your jobs that you quit? Uh, I was working at Spinasse uh, okay. as the pasta guy. Okay. Um, and Leah, she's a very talented baker. She was at Coyle's Bake Shop in Greenwood. All right. Um, and at her jobs she was always used to milling her own grain 
Um, so we just wow. decided, why not mill our own grain for, uh, for pasta? And it took some experimenting, because usually you're using 100% semolina, yeah. uh, like durum wheat. Yeah. But we started to make our own blend um, so we could just utilize local ingredients That's instead great. of just importing it from like Italy. That's um, awesome. So I'm intrigued by the actually using Eastern Washington wheat. That's a, that's pretty cool. Um, let's see. So uh, so if I had what are the two what are the two pastas you're offering today? I saw today, the menu. Today, so we what switch it every week, and we also switch our shape up. So we're doing lumake, uh, which resembles like a snail shell. Okay. Um, so that, and we usually do one vegetarian and one meat set. So we're doing uh, we made some ricotta, and we're using the whey. Uh, we tried to use like nose to tail, root to fruit cooking, and utilize like a hundred percent of everything. So that's really cool. Uh, when you make ricotta, you have a lot of leftover whey, so we're using that liquid to pick up the pasta, and then we're adding in ricotta at the very end to kind of get a nice glaze. Uh, it gets like very creamy, and we're doing romanesco, corn, and pickled shallots, as well as uh, shiso. Wow. And Wait, some what, jalapeno what's oil. What's that last well. ingredient? Uh, shiso. Yeah. It's like a Japanese mint. It's in the mint family. <laughs> uh, it's very peppery. That um, sounds great. And then the meat is uh, braised beef with peaches and cucumber and also mint. Wow. Um, it's a little wacky, but it, I think it, it works. It sounds really good. Now, I had the fresh pasta last week. So how much time, like... If I'm having fresh pasta today, how mm -hmm. recently was that whole grain wheat being in your in your grinder and then going into your extruder? How recent? Uh, uh, so we make all of our pasta pretty much. We have to we let it dry fully. Yeah. So we probably made that pasta two days ago. Wow, that's um, awesome. And then yeah, we just want to make sure it dries 100 percent because we also sell our pasta um, in bags, um, completely dried Got it. at uh, Queen Anne. We don't do it here because La Paz is around the corner, so Got we don't want to yeah, yeah. take their sales. Is there a website people can look at to find out what you guys uh, are going to Yeah, we next? have eatcafelolo.com, okay. and we're also on Instagram at Cafe Lolo Seattle. Got it. And are, is the intention to someday have a restaurant of your own? Yeah, or we're hoping the... to do a brick and mortar and be like a cafe, um, do like great. brunch, lunch. And, uh, yeah, we're trying to stay away from evenings uh, so we can enjoy the beautiful P&W weather. No kidding. Alex Helmy from Cafe Lolo, thank you so much for joining hey, us. Thank Sounds you for like having a, me. I, and I can vouch the pasta is delicious. I'm going to stop by later and have some. And um, nice meeting you and good nice luck with all you. your, all your you pursuits. Much. And we'll keep in touch, okay? Great. Thanks for joining us on the Wallingford Local. Our Fiddler is joining us. It's Marina with two songs. Live music, because our theme song, I think, says we have music and stories and talk, or stories and music and talk, so you're helping us keep our promise, our brand promise. What are you going to play for us today? First of all, what's your, tell, us, tell us your name. Into uh, the mic, you know, lean into the microphone. Yeah, my name's Marina, and I work with the market. What's your job at the market? Um, I work with Ben to manage the, the vendors. Whoa. That's okay. I think it's just feeding back a little bit. Uh, I'm going to just move this out here like that. That should stop it from um, doing that. Yeah, I'm here every week with Ben. Right on. How long have you been playing yeah. the fiddle? Um, I started playing classical violin when I was nine and then started playing like fiddle music in earnest a couple of years ago. Right on. So what are we, we going to hear today? Um, I think 
I, I like that. I like that last minute feel. That fits in very yeah, yeah, well yeah. with the vibe of the I, show. I have my fiddle on me because I came from a rehearsal I wasn't expecting to play today. That's so, I so think, impromptu. I love um, that. I will play a tune called Wink the Other Eye, and then I'll decide after that. I love it. Okay, next. Marina on the fiddle from the Farmer's Market. Take it away here on the live on Space 101.1 FM on the Wallingford Local. next one I'll play is called The Girl I Left Behind Me. Um, and I think this version is from uh, Dan Gellert? Don Gellert? I'm messing up his name. Thank you. That was great. All right. Thank you so much for being our musical entertainment this month. No problem. We'll schedule you next year, too. So keep keep practicing. That was wonderful. That sounded wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we're here live on the Wallingford Local on Space 101.1 FM. We've got about another half hour or so to go with the big show. Um, got our next guest joining us, Colleen Kirk. Go ahead and have a seat there and then the microphone. Thank you. 
You can see. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, you have to kind of lean into the microphone <laughs> okay. so we can hear your voice there. All right. So you are with a group called Street Keepers. Yes. And what do you guys have planned for next month? Well, I wrote something so I wouldn't forget. Would that be okay if I read it? Let's just let's just talk. It's okay. No, I mean okay. it's 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 a conversation. You're you're gonna do a neighborhood cleanup. Is that the idea? What's that? You're doing a neighborhood cleanup. Yes, it's a bi bi yearly cleanup that we do. And what part of the Wallingford's being cleaned up? We pretty much do from I five to Stone, and then a few blocks each way in the parks. And you've done this how many times this in the past? This will be our fourth one. Okay, how many? What, how many people typically turn out for these? Last time in uh, the spring, there was about 65 people. Nice. Yeah. And, and this one's coming up. It's October 14th. Yes. What time? From 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And where will people actually meet? It'll be on 45th and Wallingford Avenue. Okay. It's and where the the animals. Yeah, hold. kind of the down, down <laughs> yes. beautiful downtown Wallingford. Yes. There. What um what do people need to bring with them if they want to participate? They actually don't have to bring anything. Okay. Uh, we work together with the Adopted Street program okay. through the city of Seattle and they provide vests, pickers, bags, pretty much everything that we need. Okay. And have um why is it why is this kind of project interest you in getting involved? There's so many things you could do or not do. Why do you <laughs> yeah. want to get involved in cleaning up Wallingford? Well, I was involved with the president or the chamber of commerce a few years ago and we did some cleanup events during that time mm -hmm. and after the pandemic i was walking from lower wallingford up and i just saw that the storm drains were cluttered and there was a lot of debris and yeah i just kind of had a brainstorm and put a post on next door and rhonda bush from historic wallingford answered and her nice. and i brainstormed and helped make this happen that's great now mm -hmm. during the rest of the year do you find yourself Picking up litter on 45th, or, do you, or is this just a one-time-a-year thing for no, you? No, it's twice a year. Oh, twice a year. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, I don't really go out, but I know other people in Wallingford have pickers, and they do that on their own. Would you say that in general, mm -hmm. Wallingford is relatively tidy, or am I sort of like uh, blind to the, the problem? You know, it's not bad, but some of the people that come and clean, it's amazing what they come up with. I mean, the bags are full, and we generally maybe have up to 30, 40 bags. Wow. Do they ever yeah. find really odd, I mean, yeah. weird stuff? Like yeah. anything? Bicycles. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you said it's about four hours of the day. That's not, that's not a huge commitment, right? Ten to, uh, ten no. to two? Ten to, it's three hours. Three I hours. mean, oh, if they want to stay okay. longer, they can. The city of Seattle, uh, they come and pick up the garbage at the end of our, at around two o'clock. Is it weather dependent or is it rain no, or shine? rain or shine. Okay. We've never had an, a... Uh, the weather be a problem, but this year, I don't know. <laughs> it could and be a different story. Is there a minimum age you have to be to take part in it? No, we so have people families. Bring kids and, okay. Yeah, it's right. really cool because we have a lot of the same families and people that come and they bring their friends and it's growing, we've noticed at each event. I'm trying to think now on 45th, are there a decent number of trash containers that the city maintains? No. There's not? No. Why is that? I don't know, you have to ask. Do we have to? Okay, there's a there's a District 4 council election coming up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could ask whoever wins that race. Yeah, that would, that would actually be nice. Because I live down in the, there's a little park. It's actually owned by the Department of Transportation. It's a little triangle at about um, 30, 38th and uh, Eastern. 
Okay. And there's there's yeah. it's not officially a park. I think there's a bench there. There's oh, okay. no trash can there. Yeah. And uh, I remember when there used to be a trash can. There mm. was a great place to for pet waste and stuff, but there's just nothing there now. I think it just was overflowing, and they, they took it away because it was too much of a problem. Oh, but wow. Okay. That, that's well, that's that we're getting far too far too granular <laughs> about my own Wallingford experience, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because trash containers, especially when you have the ability to have recycling and trash all s split out into the different right, containers. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, it's been a great um, event program, and it's been we've been working with the Wallingford Community Council as well mm -hmm. and Historic Wallingford, and everyone just pitched in and just made it a very successful event so far. That's terrific. So it's October fourteenth. Is there a website or some way people can get involved or sign up or let you know they're going to be there? You know, we just do social media. We haven't got okay. to the point where we do have a website yet. That could be in the future. But yeah, just show up, bring your family, friends, enemies, it doesn't matter. Oh, somebody could just decide they don't need to RSVP and just show up no, the day of. No, just up. show up. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, that's that's, that's great. Well, I hope you get and, nice weather on the well, October 14th. Um, fuel coffee, uh, donates coffee, young tea. They also donate, and Dick's drive-in. Nice. And I would like to give a shout-out to my friend Eric, who creates beautiful posters for it. Oh, terrific. Okay. Yeah. Have you lived in Wallingford for a long time? Um, about 18 years. Okay. What's yeah. the biggest change you've seen in those 18 years that you've been here? Well, we used to have a mural project, and it was really amazing. Different artists from all over the city. But all those murals are gone because of the... Uh, structures new structures that have taken over the wait tell, well, where were the are the murals like hidden now or are they actually no, scrubbed they've them actually away been like destroyed where were the destroyed murals well there used to be um on the corner of meridian and wallingford yeah there used to be a beautiful mural right there as a matter of fact it uh, replicated the uh, wallingford or the meridian park entrance and okay. that was really great because it was a combination of a lot of different artists from all over the city and then there was another one. And what happened to that down. one? They, they tear the building down? They got, CVS got rid of it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh so. that was like where that little uh, chamber office was there, yeah, Meridian, exactly, just north of 45th. Exactly. Okay, mm -hmm, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so that yeah. one went away. So that went away. And Thanks, the other CVS. One. Thanks, corporate greed. Yeah. No, just kidding. Sorry, we love CVS. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, we, don't. Uh, we love everyone. Um, yeah. So what's, <laughs> no, tell me about the next one, the next Phantom mural. Uh, the other one was down by um, Key Bank. Okay. on the side we helped kind of start that and then i actually had i had a hair salon here in wallingford and i had one on the side of my building which is still there but it's being covered up so are they just painting over it or is a building being built up alongside it I don't, i'm not really sure what their what their reasons are but i just know that it was a great project and it brought a lot of enthusiasm at that point but it's a thing of the past what can huh, I say? that's that's interesting i mean it's because they when they were building the, you know, they're building a new building right next door to the Wally Pets right there yes. on Wallingford uh -huh, yes. Avenue. Uh -huh. And then when they tore down the old building, mm -hmm. there was a mirror, there was a advert, ghost advertisement that was revealed for a while. I forget now what it was for, mm -hmm. but it was still pretty vibrant. You can still kind of see it where because oh, okay. there's a little gap between the two buildings. Yeah, so. One thing, I mean, I just noticed for the first time ever, um, uh, there's a drinking fountain on 45th right at Wallingford. By the where the food giant used to be, now it's you know the QFC. Right. It has the little the little bear mouth with the water pouring out. Oh, there's like yeah. a pet. There's a pet oh. watering area and a and the the head for the people fountain's gone. But it says it was some sort of a gift of the Chamber of Commerce in uh, North Seattle in 1975. And I've never oh, wow. I've lived here for 
30 years, I've never noticed it until last week. Well, I wasn't born then. Okay. I'm yeah, just yeah. kidding. I've got to figure out what they, where that, if they got that from Pioneer Square or where yeah, that thing came know. from, because it's a beautiful, it's yeah, made locally. It is. It's a it locally is. made yeah. piece of like Pacific Foundry or something right. like that. So, all right, so October 14th, mm -hmm. that's the big day. Yes. 10 o'clock in the morning, you meet at 45th and Wallingford. Right there by the animal sculpture. Yep, the animal sculpture. Sounds great. Well, thanks okay. for your hard work right, on behalf of the community, so and thanks for, for joining me. us on the Wallingford Local. Okay, thank That's you. Colin Kirk, everybody, uh, with the street cleanup coming up on October 14th. All right. We're here live until 6 o'clock on the Wallingford Local. It's our big season-ending show. We're here at the Farmer's Market. The Farmer's Market goes till 7 p.m. There's lots of big dark clouds gathering over the trees but it's still a pleasant temperature of 58.6 degrees that means it's dropped 0.5 degrees since we first came on the air but uh, let's have uh, Sarah Martin join us now from Historic Wallingford. Historic Wallingford is the organization without which this program wouldn't exist uh, they're a terrific organization they do all the great setup for the show every month and get a lot of the guests lined up and everything um, and uh, so Sarah uh, Quick history of Historic Wallingford. I always, it's a very, hasn't been around yeah. very long, right? Yeah, how, how long have you guys been around? Thanks for having us this summer. This has been a lot of fun. Um, this is basically our sixth year, I think. We're, okay. we're a relatively young organization, and then the pandemic happened in the middle of that, yeah, so it was yeah. a little bit of a hiccup. But uh, we formed in 2017. We launched kind of to the public in 2018, and we're just a grassroots organization, all volunteer, that um, made up of neighbors and past and present residents. Um, um, businesses, organizations, just kind of a, a, a mix of Wallingford. I like that there's a history focus, but there's also like an economic development and community focus. It's not just a bunch of people looking at old pictures or <laughs> talking about the good old days or whatever. There's sort of this really robust yeah. programs like the brochure map, like this radio show that we've been doing this summer and the sense of sort of right. celebrating and appreciating what we have now, not just, gee, wasn't it great 100 years ago. I, I, really, I right. really like that because that whole nostalgia history thing, that gets kind of tiresome sometimes. <laughs> right, right. And, and our whole point is to really connect, you know, the present Wallingford with the past. Which and is kind great. of share back and forth That's those great. stories. So, That's yeah. just great. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we're autumn, we're on, the, actually autumn just started a couple days ago. So yeah. what's ahead in between the, the, when this show goes dark for the next, uh, what, seven months? <laughs> and we're all, when last Wednesday of the month rolls around, we're all relieved we don't have to go stand out in the cold under a tent at the farmer's market. I'm, I'm actually glad we're not doing an October, and a November, and a December show. Yes, Boy, that would actually, be exhausting. Yeah. I'm really are we looking, invited I'm, back I'm, next year? I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to see what they say. But what programs are uh, in the offing for uh, Historic Wallingford in the, in the autumn and winter months? Yeah, so we're wrapping up a really busy summer for us, at least, with the radio show and we did the Worst Fest a couple weeks ago as a vendor. Um, we had fun at the parade this summer, so our summer's been really busy. We're going to take a breath here shortly and kind of plan for 2024. But um, tomorrow, actually, we're, we're being celebrated at Historic Seattle is recognizing our organization, uh, giving us a Community Advocacy Award. So we're That's really great. excited about that. Um, so we're going to celebrate ourselves a little bit this this month, and then in the fall we're planning for 2024. We have a few ideas. We'd like to um, do another Exploring Wallingford brochure next summer. Nice. We'd like to do a little bit of signage and and different things in the in the community this summer. So there's a lot of ideas. We kind of need to focus ourselves, but we are in the process of looking for some some volunteers to kind of help us in targeted areas like 
For example, with our online store, we have a couple really popular items that we'd like to sell, like our prints and our signs. Oh, cool. And so we have a couple of volunteer positions that, you know, four, five, six hours a month, we could use somebody to do our online store and our social media and different things like that. So I'm hearing the rain in my headphones. <laughs> I, hope it, I hope it's being picked up on the, uh, on the live broadcast and the podcast. That's like... <laughs> That's great. It's almost deafening. I love it. That's hilarious. Sorry, audience. But hundreds of people are now running for their lives as the rain comes pouring down here at the farmer's market. Boy, they were... Whoa! Oh, the speaker just got it. I'm glad we're on battery power because the worst thing that could happen, I think I might get like a, you know, a, t a 20, a 20 volt shock, right? Electrocuted, yeah. There we go. That's awesome. Whoa! Oh, I, yeah, I love this. It'll be picked up on the headphones. Oh, this sounds, this sounds really good. Um, so volunteers. Yeah, and, okay. and folks can go onto our website, historicwallingford.org, and there's a Get Involved tab. And we have a few uh, opportunities for folks. We'd love to hear from anybody who is interested in getting involved next year for 2024. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, and thanks for all you and Rhonda have done this summer to help this radio show get off the ground. I hope we can do it again. It's been really fun. I mean, it's it's you know it's a lot of work. Yeah. There's little bits of little bursts of work here and there, and then but the actual show part is fun. This is the fun part. Yeah, it's fun totally. just being here. It's great seeing the neighbors and stuff, and seeing all the other great uh, Wallingford community people. And as I was saying to Ben earlier in the show. I love that we've been talking about these other things that go on, whether it's a kitty parade or worst fest, and it just sort of feels like, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm just imagining it or aggrandizing our own efforts, but it sort of feels like this, like this Wallingford as a community is clearly more clearly defined than it's been in a while. Yeah, and that's thanks all. to us. <laughs> <laughs> we're, gee, we're great. <laughs> and that's amidst a city that's changing so fast, like right yep. around us. So yeah, it's, no it's kidding. Fun to kind of connect with people, both new and old timers as well. Yeah. yeah. Maybe next year we'll have a big stage and like big musical <laughs> acts. Do like a two-hour show with like people will be in line. Do it every us, yeah. every week too. I was thinking, and I, I, mean, I suggested that to Rhonda at the Worst Fest, and she kind of got kind of a sick look on her face. <laughs> <laughs> I was only kidding them. So, all right. Well, Sarah Martin from Historic Wallingford. Um, I think we're going to go to our uh, is our garlic vendor. Oh, I see our garlic vendor, our second vendor of the week of the month. We're doing two for this episode. All right. Thanks, going to join us. Thank you, Sarah. You're live on the Wallingford Local on Space 101.1 FM, heard throughout North Seattle and even parts of my hometown of Kirkland, and streaming everywhere at space101fm.org. Our second guest, Robin Mallory from Fashion Fashion Garlic, is. Just stepping up to the microphone here. Slide a little bit closer with your chair so you're, you can. You got your mouth has to come really close to the microphone here. Okay. There we go. That's good. Now, so uh, you're Robin Mallory with Vashon Garlic. Yes. What is Vashon Garlic? It is. What is garlic or no. what is Vashon Garlic? <laughs> I know garlic? what garlic is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't go that deep on this. Okay. Show. What is Vashon? I mean, so it's your it's your your vendor. It's your company. It's right? our company. Yes, okay. my husband and I. Uh, took over my family farm about six years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, my mom used to sell at Pike Place when I was about eight years old, and I used to help her sell. This is a family farm on Vashon? Yes. And how long has there been a family farm on Vashon? Forty years. Were your parents hippies? No, not at all. Okay. Actually, the complete opposite of Okay. Because <laughs> um, Vashon's got a really interesting mix of hippies does, and the opposite of hippies. And, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, but the garlic itself actually was brought here by my neighbor, who immigrated from Croatia in the early 1900s. Okay, oh wow. And so we've been growing it for over 100 years. So it's a special variety of garlic. Yeah, it, it's an heirloom variety called Croatian purple. And does, I don't know, is the climate in Croatia similar to the climate on Vashon Island or does that not really matter? I don't know because I've never been to Croatia, okay. but I would okay. like to go okay. one day. And so what makes Croatia, tell me the variety again, it's called? Croatian purple. 
what makes Croatian purple? I mean, imagine the color might mm -hmm. indicate it's it, purple. but what else makes it different from like the run-of-the-mill garlic you might get on yeah. a, at a grocery store or something? So a lot of people assume that soft neck garlic doesn't have a lot of flavor because when you go to the grocery store, it's either California early or California late. What did you call it? Soft neck garlic? Soft neck. What's that? It's like the stuff uh, when the neck, when the stalk is soft. It's soft neck. When the neck is hard, it's hard neck. It's. I didn't know there's so that. That's the sort of the two yeah. hemispheres of the yeah. garlic world. Okay. And most of the heirloom varieties are hard neck, so that's what most people are familiar with okay. with flavorful garlic. Interesting. But ours is really unique because it's a hard neck flavor, but with a soft neck longevity, so it lasts for uh, at least till June on the braid. Wow. And when does what does it take? Is garlic garlic's not a perennial, is it? No, no. Um, we plant it right now. Actually, my husband's home planting our first row of garlic. Oh, wow. Uh, we'll plant 36,000 this year. 36,000 plants. Plants. And that takes up how much acreage? About a third of an acre, but we okay. rotate. We do cover crops on other spots when we're okay. not you know, working that. So planting now, when's the first that will be, uh, that will be ready to July. harvest? So it takes almost a year. Yeah, it's like nine months, like having a baby. <laughs> They're so like as it's babies. gestating for the next nine months, what kind of care does it require? There's a lot. So um, garlic is actually really easy to grow. You could take a clove, put it on the ground, and it would sprout and it would grow. I've seen that in my in my cupboard yeah. at home. The garlic yeah, that's, sprouting. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't if you bought my garlic, you wouldn't see that. Okay. At least you know okay. till June. Okay. But um, the trick is growing good garlic, which is, takes a lot of care, a lot of patience. And then sometimes it's dependent on the weather, if it's good or not. When you say care, what do you mean exactly? Well, we compost. Uh, we put compost over it after we plant it. Uh, around January, it comes, it emerges out of the ground. And then you need to make sure that you weed it uh, because it doesn't do well against weed competition. Yeah. Um, you have to have the right amount of water for it, the right drainage. Uh, soil compaction is an issue, the right fertilizer, it go, it's pretty extensive. So if we have a particularly damp autumn or particularly cold or wet winter, is that good or bad? Is it sort of indifferent? What's the, what's, you know, what's the ideal conditions? You know, garlic is very hardy. So we haven't found that the cold will really affect it too okay. much. We haven't found, we have really well-draining soil. You know, we're on Maury Island, so... It's a Vashon like, clay, right, yeah, and everything? It, well, it's all gravel. You know, oh, people right. like to say Maury Island's more than gravel, but it's pretty much just gravel okay. um, with some topsoil. And so the compost helps so grow the So the compost ground. adds nutrients okay. to the but soil. But the drainage is really key. But the drainage is really good, so it's good for garlic. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the flavor, yeah. what will people notice that's different about the flavor of uh, uh, Croatian purple? Yep. Okay. What will they notice? Well, it's, if you eat it raw, which is the best way to you know, compare garlic to garlic. Yeah. It'll have sort of a buttery, buttery flavor, and mm. then it has a peppery, spicy finish. Interesting. And it's are the, really good raw. What size are the cloves, typically? Well, you know, uh, hard neck, like the ones I was talking about, the other heirloom, are really big. Um, these are smaller, but you get just as much flavor from this it, size of the clove, so it doesn't really matter about the size. It's really the fact that it's heirloom is what's okay. important. And how did you come to become a garlic farmer? Well, like I said, my neighbor brought it with her, and she was 90 when I was like eight years old, and then my mom started selling it at Pike Place, and I would go with her every Saturday to sell, and I always knew I wanted to do it, and uh, 
Yeah, so I took over the firm about six years ago. What's your favorite thing to cook with the Croatian purple garlic? My favorite thing is to actually just heat up some butter or olive oil in a pan on really, really low heat, peel some garlic, put it in, let it sit for 30 minutes, and then spoon it out. Um, so it's sort of like a quick confit, but then you cook steak in the butter, which has uh, a garlic flavor now, and okay. then you put the garlic on top. That sounds lovely. All right, yeah. wonderful. All right, well, um, Robin Mallory from Fashion on Garlic, thanks for joining us on the Wallingford Local. I've learned more about garlic than I ever knew was possible. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for sharing the story about Vashon's uh, drainage. Yeah, clap, of course. Thank you can you. always clap for garlic. Okay. Good luck with the rest of the off-season. Do you get to take a break now? I mean, is it sort of, are you going to do other markets the rest of the year-round? Uh, I do, well, we do six markets a week right now, so, and then yeah, we'll be do, selling at Pike Place. Just terrific. starting, and uh, Ballard throughout the year. Terrific. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Thanks for being on the show. Thank Appreciate you. it. All right, well, we are winding our way toward the end of the big Wallingford local season for 2023 and, our, of course, our September episode. But we have one more episode of the Trivia Challenge. Are there any willing participants? <laughs> Looking out at the crowds of people, it's hard, it's hard to identify one person who wants to enter, try to answer the Trivia Challenge. Oh, I see a contestant. And how about, the, how about you, sir? All right, well, we could just do a one-person trivia. Okay. Larry, okay, there you go. Okay, all right. So go ahead and have a seat here in the yellow chair. You sit here in the yellow chair. And all this, uh, we'll just uh, I'll, we'll just use my microphone for this, so we can, in case we have any. Uh... All right. So let's see. So we're going to do the Wallingford trivia challenge. Now, there's a theme that's uh, well, kind of a theme in this in this week's episode or this month's episode of the trivia challenge, and uh, it's kind of like you know those word puzzles where you have to like you, uns you uh, unscramble all the words and then you kind of figure out what the theme is or you have to answer the question at the end. All right, first of all, sir, what is your name? My name is Larry Bush. Are you related to R uh, Rhonda Bush by any chance? I am related, yes, she's my wife. All right, well, if you win one of the big prizes, we might not be able to award that to you. Okay, and then um, your name, ma'am? Vanessa. Now, are you a Wallingford person? I do not live in Wallingford, but I'm very involved in the community. All right, that's good enough for here us here on the Wallingford Local and the Trivia Challenge. All right, okay. Larry, first question's for you. It is, uh, what did indigenous people call the lake that we now call Lake Union? Ha, it was something like Ha-Ha-No or something, I think. Ha-Ha-Chu, that's close enough. I'll award you full points for that. That's so close. And do you know what, you know what Ha-Ha-Chu means? No. It means small water. And like, I think Lake Washington this was Ha-Chu and Lake Union was Ha-Ha-Chu. That's really good. Larry's... Who knew? Larry knows his Wallingford trivia, which is not really trivia. All right, okay. Now, the second question is for, what, tell me your first name again. Vanessa. All right, Vanessa, your question is, who named Lake Union? I have no idea. <laughs> Larry, do you want to try to do the steal on that one? Sure, I do know this. Tom Mercer. What is Tom, Tom Mercer, I think. Was it? Thomas Mercer, that's correct. Okay, now there's a bonus sub-question of this one, and when did Thomas Mercer name what used to be called Hahachu. When did he name it Lake Union? That I don't know. Vanessa, do you want to try and steal that one from Larry? Um, 1897. <laughs> it was the 19th century, July 4th, 1854, because Mercer, Mercer had a picnic. He had a picnic on Lake Union for, he'd been living at a homestead there at the southeast corner of the lake, and he said, you know, he had a picnic and said, been watching the Seasons come and go and watching the indigenous people go back and forth with their canoes up to the north end of the lake and they cut over to the right to portage over to what's now Lake Washington or they cut to the left to portage over to Saltwater. And one day this lake is going to be the union between salt water and fresh water, so we'll call it Lake Union. 
And then he said, you know, we, Washington's a territory, but it won't, we want to be a state. We'll be part of the Union someday. So this will be sort of an aspirational political name, too. So, all right, and that won't be on the midterm. Okay, um, all right, so let's see, I've lost track now. I think the next question goes to Larry again. We back to you. No, you just answered a question. So we'll go to Vanessa. We'll just, we'll, we'll go to Vanessa now with this question. All right, now the Aurora Bridge is named after Aurora Avenue. That's the given, but that's, that's not a question. That's just a statement. Do you know where the name Aurora comes from, specifically in the instance of Aurora Avenue that became Aurora Bridge? <laughs> wow, I'm terrible at this. I don't, but I think Larry might know. Larry, you want to do this deal? Do you know the origins of the particular Aurora name for the Aurora Avenue that became the name for Aurora Bridge? Um, yes and no. I know part of this question because oh, I know Aurora was Aurora was a um, it was a street. And we already, we already said that, Larry. Come on. And the street, I think, was named by a, um, can't remember, a reverend, I think. And I can't remember what his name was. Um, but the, he named Aurora, from what I remember, based on his hometown of Aurora, Illinois, I think, or something like that. And that's how Aurora came. Um, that's how he. That's correct. That, that's an, I'd say full point score. The fact you got Aurora, Illinois. And, and I. Oh, wait. Wait, wait a minute. Let's, oh, I'm sorry, Larry. We're almost out of time. We're going to have to leave it right okay. there. No, just kidding. No, what were you going to say? No, if, if I may, what really, what I found really fascinating about history is there's actually more to the story. Aurora, Illinois, actually, where did that name come from? And I looked, I actually looked, looked this up before, and it was named from a town, Aurora, New York, which actually, I'm from upstate New York originally, and Aurora, New York is actually in the Finger Lakes, and it, so it was actually in my air, in that kind of wood. So that, that's what's really, I found really cool about history. And do you know who named Aurora, New York? Do you know the story about the guy who named Aurora, New York? I don't know. It was a revolutionary, a bunch of revolutionary soldiers and officers settled that part of New York. They got land given to them as a reward for serving in the Revolutionary War. And I'm blanking on the name of the guy, but he named it Aurora because of the, the way the sunrise came up over that particular village there along one of those Finger Lakes, I think. Yeah, yeah. Finger yeah, yeah. Anyway. Oh, other people are listening to this. It's not just me and Larry geeking out on this stuff. I'm sorry. I forgot we were doing a radio show with it for an audience there. I'm sorry. Let me wipe the spittle off the sides of my cheeks here. Um, <clears throat> okay. All right. So this next question uh, in our concept, that was, that was, I'm really impressed. Larry really knows his history. Larry, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded, actually. Um, okay. So this next question is Vanessa's question. Now, um, we, we, know, we know the drive-in on 45th. We know they have other locations around the city. They're expanding like crazy. They pay people $25 an hour. They're famous for their specials and deluxes and everything. And we know it's Dick's drive-in. Do we know who Dick's Drive-In is named after? Full name, first and last, I mean the first name, obviously we know who it's named after, but do we know the last name, the full name of the, of the person who Dick's Drive-In was named after? I'll say Dick Spadey. That's correct, very good, wow. And I always like to tell the story that my mother-in-law, late mother-in-law, Frances Baumgartner, Frances Tillery, she worked at that Dick's Drive-In for Dick Spadey when it opened in January 1954. She was one of the original employees, but that was in the era when they wouldn't let women do anything other than serve ice cream because the grill and the french fry things were too dangerous. So she was one of the ice cream servers at Dick's in January 1954, coming up on 70 years ago next year. Okay, so wow, so that's, I, I've lost track of all the points, but you're both winners as far as I'm concerned. Um, all right, okay, this is gonna be kind of an easy one for you, Larry. Set him up on that one there. Who are the Ballard Locks officially named after? And tell me the history of that person that they're named after. Oh boy. 
We didn't stump you on this really easy one, Larry. Oh, come on, you're you're embarrassing yourself. No, I'm just kidding. That I'm drawing a blank. I, Begins with a... Oh, 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 Crittenden or something. Chittenden. Chittenden. Hiram M. Chittenden. Hiram Close enough. Now, do you know do you know who Hiram M. Chittenden was? Wasn't he? I think he was in the Army Corps of Engineers or something. That's correct. That's correct. Okay, very good. Well, I've lost track of the score, but I think you guys are both winners, and you're welcome to take as many of the um, historic Wallingford buttons as you'd like, because I know we're kind of... Uh, there's going to be a new edition. We're trying to get rid of those, right? They're like the Seafair pin. Will there be a new one of those every year? People can collect those and... We'll try. All right. Wait. Wait, say that again, Rhonda. Come, come, wait, come to this side of the speaker here. It's Rhonda Bush is joining us here from Historic Wallingford. We recycled the parade pins. They had too many. So we put a new sticker over what they had. So we're, we're sustainable. So there's a, there's a hidden badge underneath there? So they're like, there's two layers? Oh, that's really cool. That's, I like, that says a lot about the mission of Historic Wallingford, with all the layers of history that are everywhere we look. Well, we're just we're working our way down toward the end of the show here. Thank you to our trivia contestants, Larry and Vanessa. You guys are good sports. Chosen from among thousands of people gathered here to watch the show here on this beautiful 58.1 uh, degree afternoon here at Meridian Park. Farmer's Market goes for another hour, goes till 7 p.m. This is the last one of the season here at Wallingford, but there's other great year-round markets that these same people run, including the one over in Ballard on Sundays. Um, it's been a great season, a great year. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show, for listening to the podcast. One of my list of people to thank here. I want to thank the... Uh, there they are right there. Okay. I want to thank Rhonda Bush and Sarah Martin from Historic Wallingford, of course. We thank them all the time. Ben Chandler from the Seattle Farmers Market Association. Producer and board operator Laura Scott, who took time out of her real job to come and be here today in particular. Um, I want to thank all the guys at Wallingford for their promotional support and great trivia questions in the earlier, uh, earlier iterations of the Wallingford uh, Trivia Challenge. And, uh, of course, Eric Zappa at Space 101.1 FM, who said yes to doing the show in the first place. And uh, Mark Patterson, who's there doing the board op today. I want to thank uh, all the great trivia contestants, people like Larry and Vanessa, who came to every show this past summer and did a great job competing and letting us talk about esoteric aspects of Wallingford history. And all the terrific vendors. The, the Vashon Garlic people were fascinating. The Cafe Lolo people, the work they're doing with raw grain. I love that they take Eastern Washington grain and turn it into their own homemade pasta. It's pretty amazing. Um, we, this is our last show of the season. We do hope to be back next summer. We're not sure if we're going to be back every month. We hope so. Right, Rhonda? <laughs> Rhonda grimaces. Rhonda, Rhonda, I think I saw Rhonda at the Worst Fest, and she said, maybe we could just do three shows. I'm like, wait, no. Um, but uh, but um, coming up next on Space 101 FM is World Beat Adventure. It's on every Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m. Space 101.1 FM is a great station. The website, space101fm.org, is a great place to go for information about their programming, find links to the podcast and stuff. This, this show is available as a podcast as well. Um, we are going to be uh, taking the winter off and the fall and the winter off and uh, reworking things here and taking a break and uh, not being out in the rain and the cold. But uh, do come down to the farmer's market. Do come out to Wallingford events. Um, if you spend time in Wallingford as either a resident or a visitor, you know it's a great neighborhood. We're really lucky to have such terrific neighbors, and the work of Historic Wallingford to put all their programs together has been just amazing, and we're really grateful to have all that all that support. But uh, for me, that's uh, Felix Bunnell. I've been the host of the show this summer, and I really appreciate everybody tuning in. And we'll see you next season. We're going to go ahead and send it back to the station back there at Magnuson Park at Space 101 FM here on the Wallingford Local.